بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ سنائٹ از دا سکس آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah And I've started the subsection in which we're now taking a glimpse into his phenomenal worship. And yesterday I mentioned the famous report in which a shaitan was captured by Abu Hurairah But there's another point I should have mentioned that when he was captured by Abu Hurairah He did not let him go with the foodstuff. This is an assumption. So what seems to be the case is when he let him go, he made sure that the foodstuff was still intact. And the reason for this being is that it was not his to give. So again, this is another assumption. So if a person says, why did he allow this jinn or shaitan to take what was not his? It does not mention that in the report. <laughs> So the response is, this is an assumption, and this is of course another incorrect uh, deduction. So again, another example of his intimacy and his learning from our beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the hadith is in Abu Ya'la, Ibn As-Sini, Qurtubi in his tafsir, Mazhari, Ma'rifal Qur'an, volume 5, page 564 of the English translation. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu, he relates. I once went out with the Prophet وسلم, with his blessed hand holding mine. We thereupon passed by a person who was disheveled and wooded. He وسلم, thereupon asked, What has brought you to this condition? The person responded, Sickness and poverty have done this to me. So stop in the report. So note again the intimacy Abu Hurairah had with our beloved Messenger He was holding the hand of the Prophet And they come across another man and they could tell that he was you know in a great anxiety and he looked he was like he was ill and he responded illness and poverty so physical illness and financial problems have done this to me. The Prophet said I am now going to inform you of a few words. If you recite these, your sickness and your poverty will go away. Then he recited, I place my trust in the ever-living who will never die. And then he recited, The last verse of Surah Isra, Surah 17, verse 111, and the translation. And praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who was neither taken to him a son, nor is there any partner to him in his kingdom, nor is anyone needed to protect him because of any weakness. Thus proclaim his greatness with an open proclamation. So, stopping again the report. So, the Prophet ﷺ taught him a line first 
تَوَقَّلْتُ عَلَى الْحِيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتُ I placed my trust in the ever-living who will never die. And then he told him to recite وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي The last verse of Bani Israel. Thereafter, after the passage of some time, when he وسلم, was passing that way again, he now found the condition of this man good and showed his pleasure over it. The man thereupon said, Ya Rasulullah, since the time you informed me of those words, I have been reciting them punctually. So what happened? The man, the companion, he started to recite. Now it's important to point out, it doesn't mention a number. So we don't know how many times he recited it. So the Prophet merely told him, recite this. So he was reciting it. How many times? Allah knows best. We don't even know the time between his predicament and his recovery. All it says in the report, after the passage of some time. But what's interesting, in both, Abu Huraira was holding the hand of the Prophet. So again, note, he was very intimate with the Prophet. So what impact did that dhikr have? It got rid of his physical ailments and his financial problems. Note, there is no set limit for how many times this sacred verse should be recited. Thus one can recite it as a little or a lot as he or she wishes. So again, if somebody says, for instance, recite it three times in the morning and three times in the evening, that's not part of the hadith. But you understand what they're saying. They're trying to get get you into a habit of doing this. Because some ulama say recite it after the fadith. But that is not part of the report. Even if you recite it once, Allah's grace is immense. It will still have an impact. So again, get into a habit of reciting this. Now, what's interesting, if you just look at this singular report, you get the impression that the Prophet taught it to this companion because he was in need. But in actual fight, this was the noble practice of our beloved messenger himself. How do we know? In Tabarani, Hakim Sahih Targheeb number 1558, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whenever I, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, face distress in an affair, Jibreel came to me, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, and said, O Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, say, Tawakkaltu ala al-hiyya alladhi la yamut, walhamdulillahilladhi, to the end of the verse, exactly the same dhikr. So look how interesting. Whenever Rasulullah faced a distress, so obviously his distress was for the Ummah. He himself was the strongest of the creation in terms of strength. So his distress was for us. So whenever, now think about that. If I was to ask you, how many times in his blessed life did he face distress? So your guess is as good as mine, you're thinking. You know, it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say thousands of times. Uh, if you take this hadith literally, each and every time he was in distress, Jibreel descended, and he told him to do that zikr. So that was interesting. So let's say, you know, by way of example, he faced the distress in his blessed and exalted life, وسلم, a thousand times, even though probably it's far more than this. Wasn't it enough? For Jibreel to come once. 
What's the point of coming the second time? He's already been told. Then you think, okay, what's the point of coming the third time? So the response is, how valuable is this zikr? That Jibreel kept descending with it again and again, again and again. So this zikr is from the authority of Abu Huraira. Now what's interesting, both these reports are on the authority of Abu Huraira. <laughs> so one is directly about the Prophet himself, the other is the incident of the man who was uh, physically ill and financially struggling. So note again, what we take from the great Abu Huraira's life, radiyallahu. Now this last verse of Bani Israel, our beloved messenger had said about it, sallallahu alayhi wa this, i.e. the last verse of Surah Isra, verse 111, is the verse of Izza, i.e. of the power and glory of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Tabarani, Tafsir Mazhari, and many other references. Now, Izza, it means like respect. <laughs> you know, like in our language, it means respect or honor. <laughs> but it's also an attribute. <laughs> Azza wa Jal, the one most glorified and honored. So the verse is talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you look at the whole translation, it's talking about our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet said, it's the verse of honor. Now what's strange? Are you asking for anything in this zikr? If you translate, you've not asked for nothing. The translation, I place my trust in the ever living who will never die. All praise belongs to Allah, who has neither taken to him a son, nor is there any partner to him in his kingdom, nor is anyone needed to protect him because of weakness. Proclaim his greatness with an open proclamation. I've not asked for anything. So why is my physical ailments being removed? And why is my financial problems being removed? Because this indicates you don't need to ask. You're just praising Allah, saying, Ya Allah, you are free of all needs and wants. I'm your creation. And look how beautiful, even without asking, Allah Ta'ala takes away your, your distress. Mm. Now just to add this, Mufti Shafi, he said that this verse is called the verse of Izzah. And he went on to explain, there's three ways in which you can belittle the Almighty and Glorious, attributing a weakness to Him. The first way is to say He needs children. So, why is that a weakness? Because why does he need children? Why do we need children? We need children so our name is remembered, our legacy continues, etc, etc. None of that applies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Allah ta'ala debunks that with the first part of the verse of Izzah. What does he say? Walhamdulillahilladhi lam yattakhid walada. Praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has neither taken to him a son. So Allah is telling you, he goes, I am not in need of children. That's the first. What's the second way you can attribute a weakness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The second way is that you say he needs a partner to help him. So what's the second part of the verse of Izzah? <laughs> Nor is there any partner to him in his kingdom. <laughs> and what is the last and final way you can attribute a'udhi billah weakness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to say that he has weakness there's some weakness in him so what's the last part of the verse of Izza وَلَمْ يَقُلْ لَهُ وَلِيٌّ مِّنَ الظُّلْمِ nor is anyone needed to protect him because of any weakness 
فَقَبِّرْ هُمْ تَقْبِيرًا So Allah Ta'ala says, Therefore proclaim my greatness. So this is why it's called the verse of Izzah. It negates all weakness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So it's a very dear verse to Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But note, to get the benefit in the hadith, you need to add the dua of the Prophet or the zikr of the Prophet at the beginning. تَوَقَّلْتُ عَلَى الْحَيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتُ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي not waqulil the verse by itself recites waqulil waqulil is taken away you say walhamdulillahilladhi because this is how the prophet recited it sallallahu alaihi wasallam so note again abu huraira radiyallahu do you honestly believe he taught us this and he wasn't doing it himself because you think if you look at the two reports it doesn't mention he recited it but then you think well he related it so obviously he's going to be reciting this so again note and on those two the most disturbing things which disturbs the peace of an individual either health or finance both of it is taken if you do it regularly alhamdulillah another report again showing his eagerness for worship in ibn majah number 3807 is hasan hakim in his mustadrak 1-512 sahih zahabi sahih hafiz dimyati in his al-majjar number 1234 sayyidana abu huraira radiyallahu he relates the Prophet once passed by me whilst I was planting a sapling. He thereupon said, Ya Abu Huraira, Maladi Tahris, O Abu Huraira, for whom are you planting? I replied, I am planting a sapling for myself, Ya Rasulullah. He said, should I not now show you a better sapling than this? I said, yes indeed, Ya Rasulullah. He said, then say, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Yughras laka biqulli wahidatin shajaratan fil jannah. Each time you say this zikr, a tree is planted for you in paradise. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So this is a sahih hadith. Imam Harkim records it. Imam Zahabi confirms So he's planting a sapling. So this could mean a seed or it could mean actually a, you know, a branch or a, something of that nature. Now look how interesting. What did the Prophet ask him? Who are you planting for? Meaning he may have been doing this to somebody else. So this is like um, passing on the rewards maybe to the deceased. So you asked him, who is it for? <laughs> he replied, for myself. <laughs> you don't forget yourself because I'm doing it for myself, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet didn't stop it. Meaning this is a good thing. And this is something that they encourage now. Because to negate the carbon footprint, you should plant seeds and trees. But this is all for us. But we're doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then the Prophet said, Shall I show you a better seedling or sapling than this? He goes, Yes. And he said, It's the third kalima. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. And look what he said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yughras laka biqulli wahiratin shajaratan fil jannah. Each time you say this, a tree is planted for you in paradise. So note the difference. You're planting a seed. You've actually got a tree. It's not like growing. You've automatically planted a tree. So now, 
like I mentioned again and again, the trees in paradise are not what you think they are. They're not like trees in the world. So you, even if you're the tree of the world, mashallah, that's a blessing. But it's not a tree of the world. The Prophet said that the bark of the tree of paradise is made of gold. And then he mentioned that there's fruits and the branches are made from, you know, pearls and chrysolite. And the, the fruit is softer than uh, honey, sweeter than honey, softer, softer than butter, sweet, uh, whiter than milk. And there's all these amazing descriptions. How do you get one of those trees? By simply saying, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wa la ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. And also, what did our uh, beloved uh, messenger, the Holy Prophet Ibrahim, والسلام, say to our beloved messenger, says, Give my salam to your ummah. So we return the salam, Wa alaykum salam, Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ya khalilullah, alayhi salatu wa salam. And he said, Tell them to plant in paradise because it's a vast plain. <laughs> And then he himself taught us, sallallahu recite, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa allahu akbar. So this is something that the father of the Prophet told the Prophet, sallallahu meaning your paradise has been made. And it's actually a very interesting report. It mentions that the angels are always working in paradise. They're putting, they're putting trees, building palaces, whatever of that nature. But then they suddenly stop. Just like you get workmen stopping for their lunch break. And then when they're asked, why have you stopped? He goes, our wages have stopped. Meaning, you stopped doing the zikr. <laughs> so the angels will work for you, but if you stop, they'll stop. So look how interesting that is. That actually gives you the incentive to continuously do the zikr. And also, as is but obvious, what's the point of planting trees in paradise if you're going to go to hell? So this indicates that this zikr protects you from the fire. Those four trees, not one, four trees are graciously planted in paradise just for one utterance of the blessed third kalima. <laughs> Subhanallah, one tree, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, four trees, you know, Subhanallah. And similarly, in Tirmadi Hassan Sahih Gharib, Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih, in his Sahih Sunan Al-Tirmadi, number 2757, Sayyidina Jabir radiyallahu anhu, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi wa من قال سبحان الله العظيم وبحمده غرست له نخلة في الجنة Whoever says glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the immense worthy of all praise then a dead tree will be planted for him in paradise Subhanallah So it's a separate zikr سبحان الله العظيم وبحمده if you say that, a dead tree, the previous report says trees, doesn't mention dates. A dead tree will be planted for you in paradise. If you say the zikr, and this is a sahih hadith in Tirmadi. Subhanallah al-azimi wa bihamdihi. The very last hadith in Sahih Bukhari mentions that this zikr is very light on the tongue, but it is very heavy on the scales. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. It's slightly different. But this zikr, very similar, gives you a dead tree in paradise. Now look how quickly you're building your paradise with these blessed zikrs. Mm. Clarifying further, Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu relates. This is in Tabarani in his Sahih. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid stated Sahih. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once came to us and said, 
take protection with your shields. The companions asked, Ya Rasulullah is there a threat of some enemy coming? Is that why you're asking us to get prepared? The Prophet said, take protection from your shields from the fire. Say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wa la ilaha illallah, Wallahu akbar, Wa la hawla, Wa la quwwata illa billah. For on the day of resurrection, these words will come from the front, will come from the back, will come from the right, will come from the left of the one who recited them and thus guaranteed deliverance for him. Indeed, these are al-baqiyatu salihat, the everlasting deeds. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So look how beautifully the Prophet gets the message across. He goes, get your shields quickly. So obviously they're thinking there's an attack, getting prepared for jihad. So they goes, is an enemy coming here, Rasulullah He goes, the shield is not from your physical enemy, it's from the fire of hell. And then he told you what that shield is. It's the third kalima, you add to it, wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah. And every direction, north, east, south and west, it protects you. And then the Prophet وسلم, said, These are al baqiyatu salihat. These are the everlasting deeds. What was he referring to? Al baqiyatu salihat are explicitly referenced in two verses of the Quran Surah Al Kahf, Surah 18, verse 46, and Surah Maryam, Surah 19, verse 76. So think about that. For it to be mentioned in one part of the Quran is enough honor. The fact that it's mentioned twice shows that these are very dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does Allah the Almighty and Glorious describe this zikr? Everlasting. Al-Baqiyatu Salihat. Baqiyat means everlasting. The everlasting deeds, meaning that the reward is unending. So it has to be in paradise because everything in paradise is unending. It can't be from this world. Now what does it mean front, back, left, right? In Majmu al-Bahrain, the Shaykh mentioned, Rahmatullah these words will come from the front. Means, these words will come forward to intercede for him. Whilst back, right and left implies that these words will protect him from punishment. So there's two blessings. Back, right and left is to protect you. But from the front actually means, according to the Shaykh of Majmu al-Bahrain, he goes, it's going to intercede. So look how strange. You said this zikr, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wa la ilaha illallah, Wallahu akbar, Wa la hawla, Wa la quwata illa billah. Everybody knows this zikr. It's going to intercede for you. <laughs> now how <laughs> amazing is that? Rasulullah will intercede, Sallallahu alayhi wa The martyrs will intercede, you know, famously. Which person in on the same chain of thought would, would say the everlasting deeds are going to intercede? What's the everlasting deeds? The zikr that you're doing. So think about that. It's not enough. The reward's not enough. It's also going to intercede for you. Subhanallah. So let's put this in summary. You can mention four things. The third kalima, number one. It will protect you on the day of judgment. That's number one. Number two. It will intercede for the reciter. Mm. Number three, it protects one from the fire. 
And number four, it fills one's paradise. Subhanallah. What's left? Hmm? Day of judgment, intercession, save from the fire, filling Jannah. It's just bombarding you. So this zikr is truly priceless. Now what does shaitan do? Every priceless thing, like I mentioned yesterday, Yatul Kursi, everybody says that. Look how he's belittled, he's made sure that you don't value what's been what's valued. This is another one that people say, everybody does it, brother. Well, I'm not bothered by everybody. Do you do it? Right? Everybody does it. Do you do it? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, how many times? Then he gives you that funny look. He goes, three times. And he goes, three times. You know, exactly valuable, is it, brother? Right? No, just keep doing it. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla, wa la quwata illa billah. And to finish, let us just hasten to regularly recite these most precious words as instructed by no other than our beloved messenger. What did he say? Accumulate, gather al-baqiyatu salihat, the everlasting deeds, as much as you can. It was asked, what are they? To which he responded, tasbih, tahleel, tahmeed, takbir, this is in Nasai, Imam Ahmad Musnad Hassan Ligheri, Ibn Hiban in his Sahih. So this is an instruction now. In this authentic report in Nasai, the Prophet said, accumulate. Taqathur. Al-Hakumat Taqathur. The accumulation distracts you. Hatta zurtumul muqabr. Until you visit your graves. That accumulation which is condemned is the world. This is the accumulation we're supposed to accumulate. Accumulate the everlasting deeds. Look what he said, as much as you can. In other words, don't count. Do it as much as you can. And then they asked, what is it, Ya Rasulullah? And he gave the, you know, the, the phrase, Tasbih means Subhanallah. Tahleel means La ilaha illallah. Takbir means, uh, Tahmeed means Alhamdulillah. Takbir means Allahu Akbar. And, Wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah. It's the same zikr. So again, he's encouraging you. And the most auspicious place to recite this truly priceless utterance, where do you think? The masjid. Salat. In Salat, but the masjid. But why do I say the masjids? Because think about this. Abu Hurairah, again, how many times Abu Hurairah? Abu Hurairah radiallahu relates. Rasulullah once said to me, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when you pass by the gardens of paradise, graze well. I asked Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa what are the gardens of paradise? He sallallahu alayhi wa said, masjids. I then asked Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa what is meant by grazing? He clarified by saying, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. This is in Tirmadi, it's Hassan Gharib. So look how beautiful. The best place is the masjid. So we're in the masjid now. So this is a zikr. Now what's interesting, if you look at some of the books of fiqh, they state that if you do not have time to do tahiyat al-masjid, you're in a rush or some other reason, you can substitute it by saying this zikr. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. And you can add if you wish. Why do you think they mentioned that? It's not just made up. I used to think, why, did, why that zikr? Why is that a substitute for Tahiyat al-Masjid? Because the Prophet said it. When you're in the garden, look how beautiful he said it. He could have said to Abu Huraira, 
when you're in the masjid, make sure you recite a lot of Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. He didn't say, look at the beautiful way he said it. When you pass by the gardens of paradise, graze. Now, graze is for cattle, cattle graze. So, obviously, the garden of paradise. It was the garden of, because masjids. So, we're actually in a garden of paradise, Alhamdulillah. But then you think, well, graze? How do you graze? The Prophet said, the third kalima. So, note again, blessed vicar that we should truly appreciate that Allah has given us. And never belittle these zikrs. And what's strange is people are so obsessed with finding the unique and rare zikrs. And yet, if you look at the virtue of those virtues, or those rare zikrs, they can't match the more famous ones. So again, you know, Allah has given graciously by His great kindness. And note, all of this is related to Abu Huraira. Most of the reports I've mentioned are from Abu Huraira. So what do you notice? He had a great fondness for these zikrs. His worship was also of a phenomenal nature. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashtuwala ilaha illa anta astaghfirika atu bilaika wadhi 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 bilaika